0: It was a very cruel scene, executed in an unusual manner.
1: Hey, Cruel Cubbin. Hi, saucy little meatballs. Welcome to Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. My name is Tori. I'm Katie. And I hate everything. It's a mood. It is a mood. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Do you remember Mood Rings? Oh, yeah. Fucking life
0: yes i fucking love those as well as slap bracelets slap bracelets were plastic cold. chokers plastic chokers Made those little the the machines that you could get stickers out of at pizza hut yes the the cats <sighs> the
1: glittery cat stickers
0: fucking loved it mm. Mm. um as well as gigapets of course gigapets and tamagotchis tamagotchis were life i think i liked gigapets better
1: yeah just they were like the original. I, th- mm-hmm. I feel
0: like I remember I had a purple one. I opened it before Christmas, and it was just fucking awesome.
1: And then we played with it for like a few days, mm-hmm. and it was done. Mm-hmm. I got mine Over. taken away in third grade. Did you? <laughs> mm-hmm. I also remember playing Gooey Louie. Oh yeah, in my grandma's hallway. My kids have that now. <gasps> really, mm-hmm. that's yep. cute. Um, how am I doing? Yeah, how are you doing in these unprecedented times? <sighs> you know.
0: In these unprecedented times, I, Tori, have been motherfucking thriving.
1: I'm glad. Over the past two days. You really have been living your best life at home. Truly.
0: I was made for this shit and I just hope that somehow something good comes out of it for Mm -hmm. me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And for everyone else, too. In my my privileged opinion, (laughs) I keep forgetting that. It's even happening I in know, the world. I know. I know. For the first like few weeks, I was like checking the numbers. Who's yeah. got it? Who's got it? Who's got it? Yeah. What about my county? What's going yeah. on? And now I just don't even look anymore. I'm, you just can't. You Mm-mm. can't
0: because you just fucking obsess and you yeah. fall into a rabbit hole and you don't live. And we already are so restricted to living. We cannot do that to yeah. ourselves. Yeah. We just have to continue to think about the people who are going through it yeah. and hope and I want to say pray, but I know we don't do that. If you pray, then pray. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You know, be as
1: sensitive as we can about it, but not be in fear. Right. Right. Because what kind of life is that? Right. Just be, yeah, like, yeah, be sensitive, be proactive, and do what you're supposed to be doing or not doing. And try and educate people without shoving it down their throats, because we've all heard it a million times. We know
0: to wash our hands now.
1: Yep. And know.
0: I'm just thinking about everyone who's affected. I'm thinking about all of those badass nurses and doctors and grocery store workers and bus mm-hmm. drivers and everybody who is quite literally on the front line. Yeah, because I could not do it, and I know that I could not do it. No,
1: so. I can't even handle sitting at home. No, I t- no
0: no yeah. So for, so how am I doing? I'm doing okay. Because I'm not thinking about it. I'm ignoring Mm -hmm. it. My therapist would just fucking murder me for saying that. (laughs) I'm pushing it out of my head and I'm just focusing on my work. That's really all I'm doing. That's good. Yeah. I scheduled a bunch of posts. I did a takeover. I I have my newsletter ready. You're being productive as fuck. I am doing all of the things that I should have been doing before that I didn't have the time to do. Mm Mm-hmm it feels good doesn't Mm -hmm. it like it does it feels like i have my shit together Mm -hmm. and i know it only lasts for a week or two yeah but i mean at least it's lasting at all (laughs) right but yeah so yeah all jokes aside thank you for doing what you do we so appreciate it we really 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 hope that you guys are staying healthy and also sane
1: yeah it's important yeah
0: and all of you homeschooling
1: mom and dads holy fuck Mm. I'm so glad my
0: baby is three months old because I know I couldn't do that shit. I can't. No. I can't even. I can't. No. I didn't even have the passion or drive to do it when I was in school.
1: It's fucking hard. Yeah. And I don't know. My kids like need me to walk them through everything. They yeah. could do it perfectly fine on yeah. their own. But well, do I don't know school. what it is. Yeah. They need me to walk them through every little fucking thing that it's we do.
0: Probably the environment. <sighs> you yeah. know because they're not mm-hmm. used to being that way oh home. yeah
1: because jack will be like all right i did this i'm gonna go play my xbox for a little bit i go no yeah no <laughs> get it done get the rest of your st- you can't do that at school we can't be like hey teach i'm gonna play yeah. on my phone for a little bit yeah no or he'll get up every two seconds for a snack like sit the fuck down <laughs>
0: i that so, is a please. mood as well i know i get up every two actually no i've been eating very 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 poorly
1: yeah, me too. I have been
0: like, I'll get up in the morning and now I have my blueberry bagels again. Thank the fucking Lord. But I only have four left. So we're on a time limit. Yeah. And I know it.
1: One of our listeners commented on your picture. She's like, is that a blueberry bagel? Yes, it is a fucking you blueberry bagel.
0: Um, thank you to my Instacart lady because yeah. she found them for me and I, I gave her. So you have to, for Instacart, you give a tip before. Okay. And then you can change it after. I fucking changed it by $5 more. Hey, good. I was like, you found those bagels, yeah. girl. I love you. Um. So yeah, I've been getting up in the morning eating just a bagel. I'll drink a coffee like an hour later and then I won't eat again until dinner.
1: Yeah. And then I eat everything. Oh yeah, I'm all or nothing. Everything I either don't house. eat all day because I'm too busy and I don't mm-hmm. think about it, which mm-hmm. I used to think that was a bullshit lie, but it's not. No, no it, it happens. Isn't. Or I fucking eat everything in sight
0: yeah like today i was really thinking i'm like hey i'm gonna get lunch at 11 i'm gonna do it i'm gonna mm-hmm. make something good for me and then i was working on stuff and i just kept saying okay let me just finish this one yeah. more thing let <laughs> yeah. me just do this one more thing and then I, it and was then one the o'clock. hours fly by yeah when you're doing things and then it was one o'clock and i'm like well i can't eat now because then i won't be hungry for dinner i don't know mm-hmm. what the fuck is so important about dinner i could have just ate then. dinner dinner dinner, dinner. <laughs> yeah because <sighs> so i wanted to get it made for me by my husband i guess <laughs> Anyway, so now that we've been talking for
1: a thousand years. Alright, so I have a question for you. I You're might O T D. Have a answer for All right. You. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you knew what Hitler would become, would you kill Hitler as an infant? Oh fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that a horrible question that's the worst question i've ever heard in my entire life isn't it awful mm-hmm. but if you knew how many deaths he was going to be responsible for
0: god but you're killing a child that's yeah
1: i know i don't oh, have an answer for this god question. it's a baby oh my god but how many fucking babies yeah i know is he responsible for killing yeah i know you know i know i know i know i know but at that time he was just a little baby boy
0: i know that like tears me up and, even though it's Isn't fucking hitler the yeah. biggest piece of shit known to man yeah like just thinking about an innocent like i look at nora it's a baby. all the time i know i look at her all the time and i'm just like she would not be here if it wasn't for me Right. not like birthing her <laughs> yeah. just like if i was if i like left her alone for a day or two Right. like what would happen <laughs> yeah you know what i mean uh-huh. like they're so innocent and good yeah and just pure when yeah. they're babies i know and then something, <laughs> something just happens. The world tears you down. Yeah, you it really goes go through man. life, and it just fucking knocks you down and knocks you down, and you become a goddamn
1: piece of shit like Hitler. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I really, I, I don't know either. I don't have an answer. Hey, have you been watching Little Fires Everywhere? I started the first episode and then I fell asleep.
0: Oh, can you watch it? Because I will. we need to talk about it.
1: Yeah, I'll watch it because I love the book.
0: Yeah, so yeah, and I really want to. I've see never it. read the book because there's like babies involved in it mm-hmm. once you get further obviously yeah which you know and it's kind of like pitting one like a birth mother against the adoptive so right and they do it so well because you can't really picture being in the other one's shoes unless you've been in those shoes mm-hmm. so like you would be thinking Oh, yeah, well, I would totally side with that person, but then right. they show you the story. Yeah. And it's like,
1: holy fuck, that is her daughter. Uh-huh. Either way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God, I it, can't. That kind of ties in a little bit to my story today. Well, you're I mean, fucking welcome. Not really, but a oh. little bit because, like, once you know, it's like looking at something from all angles and yeah. not just being, wow, this guy's a piece of, piece of shit, which yeah. he is. A piece of shit but there's also reasons i think there's reasons and some people might hate me for saying that but there's a reason for why people are the way that they are yeah usually yeah unless you're just you know a dick <laughs> <laughs> okay so today we're doing hostage crisis stories Ooh! is yours a crisis or i mean i don't really know that story well we clearly won't get into it yet but mine is yeah. kind of more of like a Hostage, kidnapping, Mm -hmm. rogue type of deal. Okay. All right. So mine is like a full-on fucking crisis. They had everybody on this Yeah, I'm really excited to hear about yours because I
0: I don't even know who you're
1: doing because you never told me when you switched it. it's a surprise. It's a doozy? It is a doozy. Oh, boy. All right. Let's get into it. This is the Alabama Bunker hostage crisis. Yikes. Yeah. In 2013, Jimmy Lee Dykes was 65 years old. He was a Vietnam War veteran, and his records show several awards, including the Vietnam Service Medal and the Good Conduct Medal. I would never get that. Keep that in the back of your mind, the Good Conduct Medal. I wouldn't either. I have shitty fucking conduct (laughs) at all times. He was trained in aviation maintenance and was based in Japan at one point. We're not really sure if he saw combat in Vietnam, but he served on active duty in the Navy from 1964 to 1969. Now, Jimmy was dirt poor. He had several jobs over the years, but he was never able to keep them. He was so poor that he'd been living in his truck outside of the housing development project where his sister lived for two years. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. This was in Midland City, Alabama, which at the time only had about 2,300 residents, so super tiny. He had an ex-wife and two daughters, but he reportedly would beat his wife when they were married. Yeah, fuck and, you. Yeah. And he had lost contact with all three of them by this point. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. So good he them. had nobody besides that sister. <laughs> According to a man who knew Jimmy back then, Jimmy's sister was terrified of him. He lived in his truck outside of her house, but she would only let him inside to take a shower. And that's it. I wouldn't fucking let him inside at all. No. I mean, knowing what he did. Yeah. And then also, if I was that afraid of him, I'd be like, bitch, no. No. Sorry, I get that you're my (laughs) brother, but I don't care. Uh -uh. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. So, Jimmy was paranoid as fuck. He liked to bet on dog races and he kept records of these races and the timings, you know, like who won, yeah. what was their time, like standings. Kind yeah. Of. And he studied them over and over, thinking he was going to figure out a pattern and start winning. He thought the mafia and the government were conspiring to control these oh, dogs. God, of course. He's mm-hmm. one of these people. He's one of these. It no, gets no. worse. He thought they knew when there was a high bet made on one of the dogs, and if that dog was about to win, they would activate a microchip that would shock the dog <laughs> and slow them down. God. Like, come <laughs> on, Jimmy. Come on. <laughs> they are putting a lot of time and effort into dog yes. races. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Jeez. Jimmy refused to sign up for Social Security benefits or disability, and I would only assume that that's because of his distrust for the government. I don't know. Um, After a while, Jimmy got kicked out of Midland City. The police seized a gun that I guess he wasn't supposed to have, or maybe they didn't think he should have and he was also caught growing marijuana on the housing development property where his sister lived so great job that was <laughs> just smart <laughs> why not just keep fucking things up yeah just, just you keep know.
0: going, jimmy come on once you do it once or twice just keep on going mm-hmm. why not just like, he's he really likes to like wager his bets yeah <laughs> on mm-hmm. multiple areas of his life and if he loses it's not his
1: fault it's no the it's the fucking government's God, fault they're the conspiring mafia. against him with microchips So police told him that he had to leave town, and he did. He went to Florida for a few years, and in 1995, he was arrested there for brandishing a gun. In 2000, he was arrested for weed possession. And after all of this, he moved back to Midland City. Of course he did. Mm -hmm. Back to where it all began. He lived out of his van on some property off a dirt road. Now, I don't know if he bought this property or how he got this property, because it doesn't seem like he would have been able to buy an acre of property, but... Anyway, he's there. Like, um, he could probably pay for rent for like a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? For what that would cost. But it's like he wouldn't get disability. He didn't have any income. Yeah. I'm, so I don't even know. I don't know if yeah. he just like seized it himself. <laughs> like, he just decided. decided. Yeah. Yeah. Put a stake um, in the ground. Eventually, this is Jimmy's. Right. This is Jimmy's. Oh, and it's Jimmy's. All right. Like, fucking wait. Eventually, he acquired a 40 foot shipping container. And a dilapidated trailer that was left over from a federal disaster relief program. So he just he just took those. He plopped his trailer up on some blocks and dug a bunker behind it. Okay. What well, to hide when the government came. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just to give you a sense of how extreme he was, like even more. He was remembered as being very racist, anti Semitic, okay. and this is a big trigger warning for animal cruelty. Oh. Sometime after moving back to Midland, he used an iron pipe to beat one of his neighbor's dogs to death after the dog wandered onto his property.
0: I fucking hate this man so mm-hmm. much. Yep. There's not much more you can do to piss me off than yeah. than hurt an animal mm-hmm. or a baby. Yep. But, like, I mean, especially an animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so... Babies and animals. I know. They're so fucking helpless. They've never done anything no. to you. Okay, yeah. Maybe if the dog was like coming at him, trying to attack him. But do you have to beat it to death? Right. No. You scare it off. It'll no. go. It's called the It wasn't stinks. even coming. It was just on his property Ugh, and he I didn't like that. fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate him. I hate him. Yep. I'm done
1: with this story. <laughs> I'm telling mine now. Okay, fine. Go. Okay. I'm going to keep going. Okay. He was quite literally one of those stay off my lawn types of old men. Um, he you don't even s- own the lawn, I you know. Bitch. He would scream at children to not come onto his land. He even built a homemade speed bump to what put the in f- the road to keep people from driving too well, fast. Well, he did. Sure. I mean, he had a lot of fucking time on his hands because he right. didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, Jimmy liked to kind of patrol the neighborhood. Of course he um, did um, yep. in he his would, van. <laughs> <laughs> he would carry a flashlight and a small <laughs> shovel, God. and that gave him the nickname with the neighborhood kids, Scoop Man. Oh, kind man. of like... Stoop
0: boy. Is it stoop
1: man or stoop boy? Stoop boy is afraid to leave a stoop. Yeah, it's stoop boy. (laughs) I thought that too. Early on in 2012, Jimmy was with his next door neighbor. They were driving to a Walmart and Jimmy spent the entire drive just freaking out about some new gun law. And on their way back, Jimmy started saying things like he was going to take some people hostage in a church so that he would be able to get a reporter to let him broadcast his opinion. About this new law. Hey,
0: Jimmy. No one cares. Newsflash. Nobody gives one flying fuck about your opinion.
1: Scoop man. (laughs) The neighbor he was with told him, like, no, if you take hostages, no one's going to listen to you. You know, like, no one's going to listen to you. This is a bad idea. Stop it. That's exactly what the neighbor said. end quote mm-hmm. <laughs> so on january 29th 2013 the same day jimmy was supposed to show up at court for a misdemeanor charge by the way by the way <laughs> he is such a fucking gem yes I I, a little after three thirty p.m a school bus was stopped in midland city the driver dropped off some kids and then backed the bus into a driveway near jimmy's property that jimmy had recently cleared for this reason for this specific reason Jimmy got onto the bus, pulled out a Ruger pistol, and handed the driver a handwritten letter. So I'm going to read this letter verbatim. Shit for brains. It (laughs) said... (laughs) It said... Remain calm, act natural, and read. I have a story to tell. I need two hostages to force the powers that be to listen. You will choose two smart, well-mannered, good kids, ages 6 to 10 preferably boys, with no physical, mental, medical problems. You will connect them at the wrists with this tie, bring them forward, they and I will leave the bus. You will immediately drive down the road and call the law. No harm will come to the kids. When the story is finished, they will go free and then I will die. Do exactly as I say, please do not make any wrong moves, I do not want to shoot you. I do not want to traumatize the kids any more than absolutely necessary. Side note, they're already fucking traumatized and you're making it worse. I fucking hate you. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. Now get this done as soon as possible. My cell phone number is, I'm not gonna say it in case it was like recycled. My name is Jim Dykes. Take a deep breath. You can do this. Again, do not mess this up and no one will be harmed. P.S. Thanks, Chuck. I'm extremely sorry, but I have to do this. Please don't make me do something I don't want to do, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> it was like underlined a bunch of times too. Don't ask me anything. Don't tell me anything. Just do it quick. That sounds
0: like me, that last part.
1: Just do it quick. <laughs> don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> just do it. And don't tell me anything. I so, think, so he
0: gave him a pep talk in it too. Yeah. You can do this. Mm-hmm. And he you knows can the do name this. of Chuck.
1: Yeah, because and the day small. before... Oh they uh jimmy had gotten not all the way onto the bus but like stopped at the open door and they like introduced themselves and jimmy said something like do you like uh carrots and broccoli or something like just weird shit so then the driver felt bad and, like, left some some shit for Jimmy. Yeah. And so when Jimmy got onto the bus to give him this letter, he was probably thinking, oh, it's just yeah. this guy. You know, it's just Harmless, this guy, yeah. Jim. Harmless guy. Yeah. So we handed him the letter. No. Um, the driver of the bus was 66-year-old Charles Albert Poland Jr., who was beloved. And he was known for years by most of these kids Aww. in this small town. Charles stood and blocked the bus's aisle, refusing to let Jimmy pass him. And he said like you know you're not you're not getting past me you'll have to shoot me. There's a video I found online with vi- with um, audio from the incident. Uh, you can hear Jimmy saying things like I don't want to shoot you. The kids will be fine. You just do what I say. And you can hear Charles saying like no I will not. I will not. He just says it over and over again like yeah. no I will not. He said I can't risk the kids. So their arguing escalated and Jimmy shot Charles no. five times killing him. No. Yeah. And then he grabbed 5 year old midland city Chuck. elementary school student ethan gilman
0: no i can't get past this part this five that year old little man, boy i care about this old man first i know it's so sad mm-hmm. i can't he was just
1: trying to protect the and kids and that was
0: like his like job he just mm-hmm. fucking loved it he was yep. like probably super happy whistled a lot <laughs> had the kids on the back yeah. it was probably just like his like dream to just make kids do a little chuckle mm-hmm. you know yeah oh no mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> i'm physically hurting right now because i can just imagine being right in this position mm-hmm. there's no way in hell i would i would let a kid off with no him. no no way in hell no Mm-mm. i'm a firm believer in if there was any child in the world or me it would i would be done. yeah because i've been here longer i've experienced more that's right. a baby yeah
1: Five years old. Five.
0: Okay, so this boy is five. That yeah, he so, yeah. So, yes. So, um, sorry, I had a meltdown. Ethan,
1: Ethan gilman and he was sitting towards the front of the bus, which was probably why Jimmy, you know, he okay. was just the easiest one to take. Jimmy hoisted Ethan onto his shoulder and carried him away. trey Watts, who was a fifteen-year-old student on the bus, had called nine-one-one as soon as Jimmy got on the bus. Like oh, this wow. kid's a fucking hero. Mm-hmm. Like at fifteen.
0: Wow. Like, yeah. He must have just had a feeling,
1: mm-hmm. you know. And all the kids exited the bus out the front door, and they had to pass by the body of Charles on their way out. Isn't that fucking sad? Why
0: didn't they get to go out that back rear door that they I don't made know. us jump
1: out of? I don't know. Now, Jimmy's got this little boy, Ethan, and he took him to the six by eight foot bunker behind his trailer. <sighs> Remember the bunker he, yeah. he dug on his property? The same neighbor that Jimmy was talking to about taking hostages before helped him dig it. Jimmy told him that it was going to be a storm shelter. And after they finished it, he had the neighbor stay inside of the bunker while Jimmy climbed out. And he told his neighbor to scream as loud as he could. Oh my fucking Mm
0: -hmm. God. Why would his neighbor not go to the fucking police? He
1: assumed that it was a storm shelter and that if Jimmy was trapped in there, he wanted, you know, he wanted first responders to be able to hear him screaming from underground. But when Jimmy came back and was happy that he couldn't hear him. Like The neighbor's like, wow, that's really weird. Like, Come on, neighbor. After Jimmy was real fucking pleased with his bunker, um, it was filled with homemade bombs and it only had PVC pipes for ventilation. So once Jimmy gets Ethan down underground inside of this bunker, he calls 911 too. He told the operator that he had a hostage and that he was in an underground bunker, but then the call cut out. Jimmy called 911 again and said that the only way police could talk to him was through one of the PVC pipes that ran from the bunker to the front gate of his property. The end of this pipe that the police were supposed to speak into was about 170 feet away from the bunker and it jutted out of, jutted out of the ground. I don't like that word. Jutted out of the ground about five feet high and it was kind of curved like um a mm-hmm. periscope. The bunker was behind Jimmy's trailer and shipping container and it had a hatch entrance, like a... Um, a storm cellar? Yeah. And a makeshift staircase that led down to it. A Houston County Sheriff's Deputy named Lieutenant Bill Rafferty was one of the first on the scene, and he could hear Jimmy talking through this pipe. Jimmy said that if they tried to take his hideout by force, there would be a, quote, big boom. Oh, God. Mm-hmm jimmy also asked the officer if the school bus driver had survived or not and even though lieutenant rafferty and all the other officers already knew he was dead they told jimmy that they weren't sure just because they didn't want
0: to escalate up the. Uh, yeah
1: i guess jimmy said quote if he had just done what i told him to i wouldn't have had to shoot him end quote like, fuck you so state troopers city cops and a swat team showed up over the next few hours and an FBI hostage negotiator came to the scene at about 8 p.m. So little Ethan had been inside of the bunker alone with Jimmy for close to five hours oh, at this point.
0: That poor baby. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like it would be so hard
0: to be his parent and not be able to just run and get him because you know, you don't know if those threats are real. If he really has bombs in there or if he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know how fucking crazy yeah. he is. That's the
1: thing. He didn't really have. Yeah. A but you don't know. That cared he didn't have, oh ethan didn't have yeah a i'll get to either. that too yeah oh yep Fuck around these yeah. people i know what alabama mm-hmm. you come on are alabama. you guys listening you're grounded what's
0: going on
1: <laughs> you guys better shape up you better shape up you better shape up around nine jimmy told them all that he was done talking for the night oh jesus yeah it was mm-hmm. his bedtime yeah <laughs> Knowing they all had to come up with something and need- needing to know what Jimmy was doing down there and, you know, needing to make sure Ethan was okay, authorities began examining this pipe they were using to communicate with Jimmy. They thought maybe they could snake a small microphone or camera down it, but when Agent Mike Harris took a closer look down this pipe, he noticed there was something inside of it. Oh, God. Yeah. A bomb expert used an x ray machine on the pipe and saw that there was a bomb inside of the freaking pipe. That they were all talking into it was made out of shotgun pellets and gunpowder and the trigger for this bomb was a cord that ran the entire length of the pipe and down into the bunker so Jimmy had the um, the The detonator yeah Yeah. they surveyed the property as best they could and noticed at least a dozen more pipes sticking out of the ground like fuck you Jimmy it's like a minefield Mm mm-hmm that's yeah that's exactly how it was described Neighbors in the surrounding area were evacuated early the next morning, and the FBI put a microphone next to that main pipe so they could back away from it and still be able to talk to him without him knowing that they weren't like right next to the pipe. A critical incident response unit from the FBI flew in that afternoon, and this unit included profilers, bomb-sniffing dogs, attack dogs, agents who were trained to see and hear things behind closed doors, which I think is really cool, and I didn't even know it was a thing. They were also joined by agents from the FBI's hostage rescue team. This is so... I can't imagine, like, what these people have, like... That's their job. Yeah. yeah. can Like, daily. Yeah. The rescue team set up a camp in an empty building in town, knowing that if Jimmy couldn't be negotiated negotiated into letting ethan free they would be the ones to storm the bunker Mm -hmm. and get him sheriff steve olson got a little bit worried like even more worried than he already (laughs) was yeah when he realized that the fbi was just as nervous about this situation as he was because jimmy's setup with the bunker and the bombs was unlike anything the fbi had ever seen
0: oh they couldn't train
1: for something like this yeah Oh, they didn't have a blueprint of the bunker. There wasn't a door they could break into. There was no clear shot for a sniper, nothing. So as authorities were looking more into Ethan, they realized that he had a pretty rough life so far. His mom had lost custody of him as she struggled with drug and alcohol addiction, and Ethan was in and out of foster care. They also learned that he was on the autism spectrum and he had been diagnosed with ADHD. He was on several behavioral drugs at the time and Jimmy didn't know that he needed them. So police communicated their concerns with Jimmy. They're like, hey, he needs this shit. And they also used that as an excuse to like get near the hatch and kind of figure out how he latched it and all that shit. So... Jimmy let them drop off some medication, some toys and coloring books at the door to the bunker. When Jimmy grabbed the items, they were able to watch and see how he secured the latch and it was steel cables threaded through the eye bolts and he secured them around a ladder under the opening. Police also got Jimmy to agree to using a throw phone as a direct line of contact from them to him instead of using the PVC pipe. This is when Jimmy made his demands. He wanted to trade Ethan for a female TV reporter. He wanted her to stay in the bunker with him, and he wanted her to broadcast his manifesto as he read her the lines. He wanted to take his own life, after his message was out, by placing a plastic bag over his head, filling it with helium, and he wanted this reporter to hold his hand as he suffocated to death. Oh my
0: god. Like, fuck
1: you so Honestly, much. No, and no- <laughs>
0: nobody's going to hold your fucking no. hand. If you want to be a piece of shit, be a piece of shit. hmm Nobody's yep. going to hold your hand while you be a piece of shit, you <laughs> no. piece of shit god
1: okay. this same day the fbi was able to get a concealed camera through the pipe and into the bunker so they were able to have you know they had eyes on jimmy and ethan they saw a makeshift bucket toilet and a three-tiered bunk bed and just like random shit the fbi put a female agent on the phone with jimmy pretending that she was the reporter that he asked for but he figured out pretty quickly that she was a fake i don't know how But Maybe he, like, asked some lingo. Yeah, I don't know. know. But this caused Jimmy to cut off any more communication with the FBI. Oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, this went on for seven days. This little boy was down there with him for seven days. Since he wouldn't talk to the FBI anymore, Lieutenant Rafferty did a lot of the communication and spoke on the line with Jimmy for up to nine hours a day. Just rambling on and on. And Jimmy would freak the fuck out if he sensed that Rafferty wasn't listening to him. Rafferty would kind of try to swing things back around to the situation at hand. And he told Jimmy, just surrender. We'll record your manifesto as you come out of the bunker. You'll get what you want. You fucking whiny bitch. If that's what you fucking want, your stupid ass manifesto. Fuck your manifesto. Honestly, Shove your manifesto up your manifesto fuck ass. Your manifesto. God. Nobody gives a fuck nope. about your manifesto, Jimmy. Nope. But Jimmy wouldn't budge. He wanted that female TV reporter, live broadcast and suicide. I'm so fucking sick of these pieces of shit mm-hmm. getting what they want. Yeah. And just feeling like they have the fucking right mm-hmm. to take what they want. And make demands. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. get to. No 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 you took a kid and you shot someone no and killed someone yeah jimmy no jimmy from a receipt they found in jimmy in jimmy's trash officers realized that he had everything he needed to build a second bomb inside of the bunker he had threatened to blow something up if anyone tried to get inside so now they knew that he actually could if he wanted to the stakes were even higher for ethan and it was looking more and more like they were going to have to use that fbi rescue team if they couldn't get jimmy to budge so using the images from the concealed camera navy engineers were able to build an above ground mock-up of the bunker this is fucking nuts like how they even think of this shit blows my mind i would love to be I would love to be one of those, like, special FBI
0: agents, but Mm -hmm. I would not have the fucking balls.
1: I would just like to be, like, with them. Like, hey, I'm going to come with (laughs) (laughs) you. I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to just go. I just want to watch. Okay, guys? Please let me watch. (laughs) But um, this allowed them to practice, like, seizing the bunker. Jimmy's estranged daughter flew in in case they needed her to speak to him. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the news, of course, this was all over, you know, the news, and they were on Jimmy's shit calling, you know. How, you know, he's a bad yeah, guy. Right. And Jimmy could see the TV reports from his bunker. He had mm-hmm. a TV in there. And it seriously pissed him off. Oh. You know, it was one of those. Um, to hear what everyone was saying about him. He was treating Ethan decently. I mean, as decent as possible. I guess yeah. he fucking kidnapped him. But he was being okay to him. Yeah. But after he saw these reports, he started to neglect him and ignore him. Ugh. Tensions were almost at the breaking point. Jimmy let them all know that at 5.30 p.m. the next day... It was the deadline to meet his demands. Jesus. On the morning of the seventh day, head officers from the various agencies sat together for a conference call with Robert Mueller, the FBI director. Every single one of them agreed that Jimmy was leaving them no choice but to storm the bunker and attempt to rescue Ethan. The FBI called a rolling green order, giving the rescue team's commander, Kevin Cornelius,
0: I'm nervous.
1: the go-ahead. Mm-hmm. It's stressful, isn't it? Um,
0: Yeah, like, I feel my fucking pulse going Mm -hmm. higher. Like, I know the outcome, and I'm
1: stressed for them. (laughs) I'm stressed for me. (laughs) The FBI decided that they could do this by getting Jimmy's daughter, Cindy, the one who was flown in, and have her talk to Jimmy via video chat. They rehearsed with her over and over again so that she would know exactly what to do and say and how to say it. Like, poor Cindy. She didn't ask for any of this. Yeah, right. Like... (laughs) And I'm sure it felt like the outcome was gonna be on her shoulders, you know? right. Cindy brought pictures of her kids to show Jimmy, the the grandkids he never met, along with a picture of Jimmy and her when she was little. And Jimmy was excited to get the chance to see Cindy and speak with her. He even changed his clothes and combed his hair. And at around 3 p.m., officers left a computer at the bunker's hatch. Wow. They told him what was, you know, you're gonna be talking to your daughter, but you gotta take this computer. Jimmy told the officers to back away and he grabbed the laptop. As soon as they saw that he'd gotten to the floor of the bunker, the FBI team detonated charges on the bolts that secured the hatch. They ran to the entrance of the bunker and went down. But the first agent to go inside got stuck on something, and they kind of piled up because they kept jumping in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, I like to think
0: about, um, <laughs> like, imagine.
1: Yeah. Jimmy started blindly shooting when he realized his bunker has been, had been breached, but no one was hit, and when he didn't hit any of them, he pulled the cord for that bomb he set up oh, in the God. PVC pipe outside. The explosion rocked the agents who were standing close to the pipe. They were okay, but it caused the smoke from the bomb to funnel back down into the pipe and therefore into the bunker so they you know you know they couldn't see anything in right. there agents watching and waiting saw the point man emerge from the bunker without ethan and they had to fucking figure out why that first one that went in got stuck like what what did he get stuck on so it turns out jimmy had put a net of steel cables in place to stop Anybody from coming in. Fuck's sake. So they cut the cables away as other agents use non-lethal flashbang grenades in hopes of disorienting Jimmy.
0: The uh, point? Can you imagine
1: being Ethan? I know, thinking like you're getting bombed, and right? Gunshots and yeah, no idea what like any of that uh, even fucking no, is, and like no. Ugh. The point man went back into the hole and just fucking went for it. He went balls to the wall, if you will. He jumped in. He felt around, unable to see through the smoke, and finally felt Ethan's head. He said he felt a child's head. He grabbed Ethan and cradled him, and he told him over and Uh over, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And within three seconds, three more agents jumped inside the bunker. They found Jimmy, who put up a fight, and they ended up shooting him a dozen times in the face, torso, and hand. Holy he slumped down underneath the bunks blood and shell casings everywhere they handcuffed jimmy's corpse just in case and five minutes after the rescue mission started they lifted ethan up out of the bunker and passed him to the medic oh honey (sighs) he's okay ethan turned six soon after the crisis and that would make him 13 years old today he was adopted in 2016 (gasps) by reverend brandon turner and his wife nikki and he seems, from what I saw, he seems to be doing okay. Is he a you know. cutie? Mm-hmm. Oh. I'll put pictures of him up, yeah. Little
0: cutie patootie. Mm.
1: How old is he? 13 today. Oh, baby. Yeah. Mm. Hundreds of people came out for the bus driver, Charles Poland's memorial service, and they named a stretch of road after him, which is cute because that's mm-hmm. what his, his job was on the road. Yeah. Trey Watts, the boy who called 911 from the bus, was given an award by the National Association for Pupil Transportation. That's kind of cool. Yeah. They give him an award for that. Sheriff's Deputy Lieutenant Bill Rafferty was honored by the FBI with the highest award for a non-agent, which is wow. pretty cool. It's a medal for Meritorious Achievement. Wow. And it's reported that he cried when Ethan was lifted out of the bunker, oh. and he keeps a picture of him in his office to this day. Isn't oh, that sweet?
0: I love Mr. Rafferty. I know. Cute.
1: <laughs> and Jimmy's daughter, Cindy Dykes, she couldn't afford to bury her father, and she keeps his ashes in her bedroom closet. That's like a hard... It's her dad, you know? Yeah. I don't, I can't, I've never been in that position, so I Nobody don't Nobody held
0: his hand as he But died. I think,
1: like, there was an article I read that said she just wanted to say that she loved him because I think she kind of knew it wasn't going to end well. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm just sure. one, one last time. It's yeah. her dad. Maybe the best part of the story, besides Ethan being okay, is that no one ever got to hear Jimmy Lee Dyke's manifesto. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> Fuck bitch. Yep. Good. And that's the story. Isn't that nuts? It truly is. And I'm glad yeah. that no one held his hand as he died. Nope. Nope. They handcuffed him mm-hmm. instead.
0: A handcuff held his hand. Yeah, yep.
1: That's Not you get, Not a hot Jimmy. little blonde TV reporter no. like he wanted, Jimmy. I don't know if it's... Do you think it was like a sexual thing? That's why he wanted a female? I don't know. Or maybe he would feel threatened by a male. Like, Yeah. Ugh. That's I weird. But, um, weird. I was and thinking... then, but then he specifically asked for boys exactly. as a hostage.
0: I was thinking... Why didn't they? I mean, I'm sure that there was a huge reason, like liability. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: I would have, if I was like uh, the female FBI agent, I would have dressed up like a reporter, yeah, went in there and just fucking mauled him, right? <laughs> That's what I would have fucking yeah. done. I don't know, but I'm sure that there was a reason why they couldn't do that. Yeah, I'm but... sure
1: it's just some sort of protocol thing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was fucking insane. Isn't that crazy? I never. It was in 2013. I don't even. Know I don't remember hearing about that at it at all. No. no. Mm-mm. Oh, I'm so glad that
0: little Ethan got adopted by someone who I actually know. gives a shit. I know. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it.
1: I love it. So happy ending all around. It is a Except happy for, ending. I mean, I do feel bad for his daughter that came. Yeah. Just the position, she, the positions she was in. I have a bad lisp right now. <laughs> the positions she was in and just knowing. Yeah, I don't just know. Just knowing. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you can't not know. You know. Right. He's either going to
0: kill himself or they're going to kill him. Yeah.
1: You know. Yep
0: okay katie tori
1: are you familiar with william randolph hearst i know that his name was on the side of my cosmo girl magazines growing <laughs> up <laughs> it's about it um, i know he's a publisher th- he
0: has literally nothing to do with the story basically mm-hmm. besides his name but just like for context i was just being like dramatic <laughs> <I know. laughs> so william randolph hearst is most remembered for being a publisher who developed Hearst Communications, which is a newspaper chain and media company. He was also a politician who actually ran for president in
1: 1904. Oh, I didn't know that. Unsuccessfully. Well, yeah. So I know he wasn't our president. Yeah. No, he was not. Not my president. Not my president.
0: (laughs) Okay. This is from Wikipedia. Quote, Hearst sold papers by printing giant headlines over lurid stories featuring crime, corruption, sex, and innuendo. Acquiring more newspapers, Hearst created a chain that numbered nearly 30 papers in major American cities at its peak. Dang. Yeah. He later expanded to magazines, creating the largest newspaper and magazine business in the world. Hearst controlled the editorial positions and coverage of political news in all of his papers and magazines, and thereby often published his personal views. He sensationalized Spanish atrocities in Cuba while calling for war in 1898 against Spain. Historians reject his claims that he started the war with Spain, end quote. So that's just a little bit about William. Mm -hmm. Now, flash forward to February 4th, 1974. We have Patty Hearst, who was William's granddaughter. She was 19 at the time, and she was kidnapped from her Berkeley, California apartment. Ooh. Now, for my research, I was watching a little docu-series about it. At the time, Patty was engaged to a man named Steven. Stephen is actually in the series being interviewed. Oh, okay. And so he tells of the account, They ate dinner and were watching TV when someone knocked at the door. A woman was there covering her face, kind of acting like she had been in an accident and was hurt. But then when they opened up the door, like fully, two men barged in and started beating Stephen. Jeez. Yeah. The
1: old bait and switch. Yeah.
0: They were screaming at him, demanding to know where the safe was or where his money was. So once they got in, like I said, they started beating Stephen. They tied him up and a neighbor, I guess, had kind of like heard or saw and he or she tried to come help and intervene. But they beat that person, too, and tied that person up. Now, witnesses reported that they saw Patty being carried from her apartment, blindfolded and shoved into the trunk of a getaway car. A few of Patty's neighbors ran out onto the street and had to shield themselves from gunfire that her captors used as a shield to escape. Oh my god. They were the Simbanese Liberation Army, also known as the SLA, and they were a small U.S. leftist group. Okay. On February 7th, they announced via a Berkeley radio station in a letter that they were holding Patty Hearst as a prisoner of war, a hostage. Oh my god. So this is from Wikipedia, quote... The United Federated Forces of the Simbanese Liberation Army, SLA, was an American left-wing terrorist organization. They were active between 1973 and 1975, and they considered themselves a vanguard army. The group committed bank robberies, two murders, and other acts of violence, end quote. So in that documentary, and I'll have it linked in the show notes, it was on CNN.com. That's okay. where I found it. Hmm. One of the attackers, one of the people like in the SLA that actually was one of her captors who went and got her and broke into the home, mm-hmm. his name is Bill Harris. And he was actually in the documentary talking oh. about it. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's not You normally don't get that side of things. Right.
1: Huh. And he just looks like a normal old white dude. Is he in prison or is he out? Like He was sitting in a chair.
0: Was he? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, and then in the series, Bill said that they took Patty because she was a quote-unquote easy target, and they were attacking the media empire more than they were attacking Patty or her family. Okay, it was the empire. guys. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on February 11th, the SLA demanded that Patty's family give $70 to every needy person in Santa Rosa
1: to Los Angeles. Okay. Okay. I get the shit. I get there should not be fucking billionaires yeah i i get i get that whole narrative yeah but you can't fucking just kidnap people and they were like they were um they were against racism
0: and things like that okay yeah yeah. absolutely but we don't kidnap and murder people to show that we're not racist you know that's it just it's not right okay um so randolph hearst which was patty's father gave two million dollars in food Okay. The army said it was inadequate <laughs> and <laughs> just fuck you, basically. Yeah. And they called for $6 million more. The Hearst family, or the lawyers, I imagine, whoever, who, who was bargaining,
1: mm-hmm.
0: along with the police, announced that they would provide the additional money if Patty was returned to them unharmed. Okay. Seems legit. Yeah. But then, on the 12th, Patty called and she told her family she was okay. Her voice, and you can look this up if you're even fucking remotely interested.
1: <laughs> I am. <laughs> you can look it
0: up online. And we could probably link it to... Well, actually, we have to link it because I'm going to read the transcript. Okay. Um, Her voice is like eerily calm and like monotone. Really? It's so strange to me. I want to look now. Yeah. it's. Very, I know some very, of this,
1: but like I've never... It's just... Ugh
0: it's eerie to me yeah so you'll have to let me know if you feel the same way this is from the new york times it's a transcript of the audio okay she says quote mom dad i'm okay i had a few scrapes and stuff but they washed them up and they're getting okay and i caught a cold but they're giving me pills for it and stuff i'm not being starved or beaten or unnecessarily frightened I've heard some press reports, and so I know that Steve, a.k.a. Steve, her fiance, Steve Weed, Mm -hmm. and the neighbors are okay, and that no one was really hurt. And I also know that the SLA members here are very upset about press distortions of what's been happening. They have nothing to do with the August 7th movement. They have not been shooting down helicopters or shooting down innocent people in the streets. I'm kept blindfolded usually so that I can't identify anyone. My hands are often tied, but generally they're not. I'm not gagged or anything. I'm comfortable. And I think you can tell I'm not really terrified or anything. I'm okay. I was very upset to hear about the police rushing into that house in Oakland. And I was just really glad that I wasn't there. And I would appreciate if everyone would just calm down and not try to find me and not try to make identifications because they're not only endangering me, but they're endangering themselves. I'm with a combat unit that's armed with automatic weapons, and there's also a medical team here, and there's no way that I will be released until they let me go, so it wouldn't do any good for somebody to come in here and try to get me out by force. These people aren't just a bunch of nuts. They've been really honest with me, but they're perfectly willing to die for what they're doing, and I want to get out of here, but the only way I'm going to is if we do it their way. I just hope that you'll do what they say, Daddy, and do it quickly." End quote. Ugh. wow and that wasn't even the whole thing it was like it was quite a bit longer but i'm not going to read the entire thing we'll have it linked so in the docuseries that i was watching mm-hmm. that bill harris guy he was talking about her and he said that she was a very cooperative prisoner he said that that was incredibly rare so i don't know if they took prisoners a lot wow um but she developed a rapport with the group they liked her okay and she apparently liked them all right well or so they say yeah Dun-dun-dun. On April 3rd, 1974, another call came through and Patty declared that she was choosing to stay with the SLA and fight. Hmm. And also, she said that she had been given the name Tanya. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So she just decided to change her name. Um, supposedly, the army asked her dad for some ridiculous amount, like $10 million, and her dad hadn't given it to them. So Patty felt like he was playing with her life. She basically was like, forget you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And pretty much... Just staring at this <laughs> pretty much and know. then bill harris was talking again and he said that she didn't want to leave the army and certainly did not want to go home hmm. so then bill went on to say that patty announcing that she wanted to stay with the army and fight was only part of the equation the next part was she needed to prove it hmm so i don't like that yeah so and that's exactly what she did in mid-april surveillance footage surfaced to the media of course of patty participating in an armed robbery of a bank in california as well as a store robbery too after that a tape was sent to authorities later and she said she joined the sla of her own free will she was basically so they her and like the other members went into this bank wielding fucking machine guns Mm -hmm. and they have footage of her like standing there like holding it like pointing it at people i think i've seen that yeah before she was wearing a black wig Mm -hmm. yeah now steven you remember he was the fiance at the time Mm mm-hmm In a recent interview that I was watching, stated that after the surveillance footage surfaced, the media began painting her as a criminal instead of a helpless heiress who was taken.
1: Well, she's robbing banks at one point. I mean, it's kind of true, Stephen.
0: Um, He said that still, like even to this day, like present day when he was filming it, he believes that she was brainwashed. Yeah. Now, April 24th, 1974, audio footage was sent to authorities in the media again. Patty stated... She had clearly not been brainwashed, and those claims were false and ridiculous, which is what a brainwashed person would say, (laughs) so we don't really know, you know what I mean? Like, a brainwashed person isn't going to be like, yeah, I'm brainwashed, you know? Okay, (laughs) May 16th, the SLA decides that they needed to leave Berkeley and go to LA because it wasn't safe for them in Berkeley any longer. They decided to rob a store for equipment, and Patty was to stay out in the van, like as a getaway driver, as the other members ran in and got what they could without being too suspicious. Patty had the keys in the ignition. Obviously, a getaway car doesn't turn off the car. Like, please. (laughs) Like, anybody who knows anything about getaway cars knows that you keep the car running. So when they run out, you can just floor it.
1: Everybody fucking knows that. Everyone knows. That's what you do. So, despite
0: being there with every opportunity to leave, she didn't. She stayed there. Okay? Okay. She could have left, and she didn't. So that means either A, she was brainwashed, or B, she wanted to be in the SLA on her own free will. Who knows? We don't know. The store clerks tried to apprehend the army members once they realized that they were stealing stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Patty saw this and started firing the gun out the van window and they all got oh away. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Patty. Patty, God damn it. Patricia. Patricia. <laughs> you need to get your shit together. Do you want to be in the army or do you want to be an heiress? You Figure can't be out. both.
1: Personally, I think I would pick heiress. Come me on.
0: <laughs> Let me sit on my ass and do nothing. Harris the heiress. On the 17th of May, Los Angeles Police Force raided the Army's secret headquarters. Oh, God. Don't you wish you had a secret headquarters? Yeah, this yeah. is kind of our secret headquarters. It is. I know you're not here right now, but you are in spirit. I know. I wish I could be in the pod room. Um, and when they did so, they killed six of the nine known members of the group. They, like, really fucking took them out. Yeah. The leader, Donald DeFreeze, or is it Dayfreeze? I don't care. It doesn't matter because he's a piece of shit, was among the dead he was quote now this is a quote okay an african american ex convict who called himself general field marshal sinke c i n q u e i don't yeah. know but so he was the leader of this army that went around killing people okay jeez yeah that's from history.com by the way patty was not at the headquarters when it was raided go figure On September 18th, 1975, so this is like almost two years since she was first taken hostage or Mm -hmm. kidnapped or whatever. Jeez, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. So Patty, who was calling herself Tanya, was captured in a San Francisco apartment and arrested for the armed robbery that the police had surveillance footage of. Okay. Surveillance
1: footage. Surveillance footage. Remember when I said that? Surveillance (laughs) footage. Surveillance footage from a hostage. I said that in, I don't know what episode it was. Anyway. I don't know. Continue so patty was so they have her now okay okay (laughs) she she was caught
0: in a fucking apartment like i said patty was represented by f lee bailey who you may know for representing oj in the 1995 murder trial patty claimed to have been brainwashed by the sla so that's what her story was for her defense yeah yeah but despite this she was still fucking convicted on march 20th 1976 and she was sentenced to a mere seven years in prison so this was she was just being um convicted of the robbery okay now patty served almost two years 21 months before her sentence was commuted by the president at the time president jimmy carter once out of prison, she was said to have lived a fairly normal life, and she ended up marrying her bodyguard. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was then pardoned by President Bill Clinton in 2001. She, like, went on married. She had children. She's got- Yeah. I think in 2001, it was. She had a 16 and a 19-year-old, something like that. So they're- Okay. Yeah. They're a lot older now. January 31st, 2001, she sat down with Larry King. And a quote that she said that stuck out to me was about her captors. Mm -hmm. Larry King said something about like, were they nice to you or something like that? And she said, quote, they get nicer every day that they don't kill you end no. quote which is like very true. That's really
1: interesting. It kind yeah. of like
0: they grow on you
1: because you yeah. they haven't killed you yet. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah that's exactly
0: what she said. She mm-hmm. said you know Stockholm syndrome was very very real for her. Yeah. Um. She said that she didn't get her mind back until she was released from jail and got back into her environment with her family.
1: Okay.
0: And that she has a lot of missing memories and I really resonated or that really resonated with me because I get it.
1: Yeah. I get it.
0: I don't know if you I know that you have been through something traumatic and I don't know if it was because it was so long ago that you don't remember, or if you, if you have missing I memories. feel like,
1: I feel like I blocked that out. Yeah. So. But I don't know. Like, I, you know,
0: like you just, you do if, don't, if you were so young or yeah. if, if you do remember, but if, mm-hmm. if you're making it up, like I, mine was only, you know, a decade-ish ago. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I talk about in therapy with my therapist is that I truly do not remember years of my life. Yeah. And it's not even just like I blacked out like the real bad things. I don't remember things that happened like birthdays yeah. and holidays and like good things that happened that people will tell me now. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, do you remember that? No, I fucking don't. I don't remember anything from 2009 to 2000, late 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my therapist says that's a very, very normal thing mm-hmm. with um, trauma. Yeah. So I 100% believe her with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy how our minds are so smart. Really? Yeah. They block it out so we don't have to relive it yeah. all the time.
1: Yeah. So yeah, they're she, smart and dumb at the same fucking time. <laughs> so she basically
0: said, you know, there's there's just gaps in there that are just totally black that she can't tell right. you about. And I, one million percent get it. Yeah. Um. The other, she said, she went on to say in that interview that the other people who were captured that were part of the SLA who were robbing the bank with her were not charged for the robbery like she was. Why? I wonder. no idea. I think weird. maybe she, or she thinks maybe they wanted to make like
1: a I think they made like a, um a plea deal. Yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Um huh. and that's really all I have. That's the story of Patty Hearst. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know some of those
0: details. Yeah. It's really crazy. Yeah. So she went on to do interviews. She wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Um like I said that thing that I was watching was her like it was some kind of CNN docu series thing. I think it was called, like, the audio tapes or something. Yeah. Something like that. You can just um, Google Patty Hearst and it'll come up. She's still alive today? I believe so. Yeah. She was in 2001. I mean, I guess it's been 20 years. (laughs) 20 years, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll look real quick. 2001 or 2000, whatever. Basically 20 years.
1: years. 19, yeah. Holy fucking shit. I'm going to Google really quick. Is Patty Hearst still alive? Um, I think so. Yeah, and so yeah, so yeah. she
0: went. At, Larry King was like asking her, you know, do your children know about this? And she was like, Yeah, my children know. They know because she still to this day says that she was brainwashed, which because she sees
1: nothing wrong, not nothing right, wrong and with honestly, it. But I
0: believe her. Yeah,
1: or you know, that's a tough one.
0: Even if she wasn't brainwashed, maybe she was just trying to fucking survive.
1: Right, I get it, but she didn't kill
0: anybody. Right, she yeah, she held the gun up. That's not right. You shouldn't be fucking robbing banks. Yeah.
1: But because when you I think know about I it, I was in that position, yeah. I would probably have done the same thing. Yeah. And when you think about it, why would you want to leave your comfortable ass life to go? <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard one. Who knows? I just think that either, yeah, she was brainwashed or yeah, she
0: was playing their game. Yeah. Because she knew that's how she would survive. Right. Um, and I know damn well I would do the same thing. And no, oh, I would yeah. not kill someone. But yeah, I would hold a machine gun up if it meant that I was going to live. Right. If yeah. I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to pull the trigger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know. Yeah, so she was like, yeah, my children are all about it. I told them everything. They've read the book. You know, mm-hmm. they're 16 and 19. This was in 2001. Yeah. So those are some pretty fucked up stories. Yeah. And I need
1: to know. Okay. Reading, watching, listening. I know what you're watching. I haven't really had a whole lot of time to read, but I mean, if I could stop watching 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days, I would have a lot of time to read. But I just, I can't because of baby girl Lisa. <laughs> you were being so serious
0: <laughs> I, I you know i really wish i could stop watching 90 day fiance before the 90 days but i can't
1: because of baby girl lisa <laughs> oh my god baby girl Lisa. this is soldier boy it's fucking fascinating and then the ed the ed and rose marie it's the oh no neck ed yes
0: i'm saying it because that's yeah. what they say on the youtube videos oh do they yeah oh, god. that's what
1: one of the <laughs> people call him that mm. yeah it's it's fucking fascinating i just can't stop i can't stop watching it and now i'm, I'm backtracking on watching all of the seasons when yeah. i could be reading and like enriching my brain but why would i want to do that <laughs> why would I you want to grow shit? your brain why why would i You want just want to
0: be a fucking vegetable watching <sighs> 90 day fiance and eating ruffles that's my life um i was really fucking hating myself around this time last year mm-hmm. so i started watching a little bit of that and then i stopped <laughs> but um i did like the day before you posted about it on facebook i was watching little mini youtube clips
1: that's how i sp- and it, got rory into and I it were just,
0: rory and i were just laying in bed watching it
1: Isn't and it just... with nora oh. nora loved
0: it too yeah and i was just holding the phone up and we were watching it and they it was like fucking mind-boggling yeah all these people's stories on there there's the guy that
1: goes to russia
0: i if you are listening right now and you've ever considered doing that or you've done it or you are doing it now i want can you email us because
1: i want to know yeah if you've ever met someone online and what dated them married them met them yeah i want to know i want to know about it i want to know the story i want to know
0: why you ended up doing it like how you met the person it's Mm -hmm. so fucking intriguing to me yeah i don't care if it's like you're in, you're in texas and you're the love of your life is in like maine i don't care about or if it's you know you're in chicago and he's in poland i don't i want to know all of
1: them yeah mm-hmm. it's the ones that plan to marry each other before they even yeah meet, like that ed get and
0: me. ed and what's her name rose oh yeah ed and rose were talking for three months yeah and he was already saying that she that
1: he loves her yeah he believes in love because of. he spent like thousands of dollars on gifts that didn't even show up where she lived they didn't even get there but like i mean i think it's very obvious that a lot of them are scams yeah they want their green card they want to come here but which is sad for the other person but then on the other hand it's like come on Right. Like I know love makes you crazy. <laughs> makes you do a little <laughs> dance in your seat. But like come on, you got to you got to think about you this. You got to listen to your, not your um, dick or your listen tits. to the people around you that love you. Listen to what they're saying because they can be very insightful to things that you can't see.
0: And here's the thing. If you really do meet someone online from another country and they're like, you know, maybe they're starting to give you signs and things like that, that mm-hmm. maybe they just want a green card, maybe cut them off financially and see what happens. Yeah. You know, because I guarantee you, if they want a green card, they are going to just move on to the next Mm -hmm. person.
1: Yeah. I'm
0: talking like I'm some kind of like fucking guru on this and I have no fucking clue what I'm
1: talking about. It's fine. I don't even watch Johnny (laughs) (laughs) Um. Okay. And you're not reading, you said? No. And you're not listening? No, because I'm writing. Yeah. I've been spending several days working on that one chapter for (laughs) our book that I'm going to make very long. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I'm doing. And then um, it was Easter. So, you know, all that Easter stuff when you've got the children. Yeah. The children. The children. Can I tell you the about my, um, Easter? Mm. Sorry. Well, I was too busy growling. I couldn't hear you. What did you say? <laughs> the thing is, I saw,
0: we on. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, our listeners aren't going to have any idea about this unless they're from my town, but our town has a Facebook page. Yeah. and it's literally the fucking bane of my existence or it's, it's a group right it's like it's a terrible it's like yeah. a, it's like place yeah. where everyone can talk to each other and bitch at each other and say <laughs> shit that they would never say to each other's faces
1: it's like if the next door app but yeah. it's on facebook
0: yeah it's fucking terrible i literally if i'm sad i go to it so i can just get comedic relief mm-hmm. because people are fucking dumb i'm not they even driving
1: i'm not even in the group but it's not private at all no, so sometimes you can see I just, everything i just go on there and just read god. now it's probably gonna be private if somebody yeah, from people, here hears
0: it people are fucking savage on there oh yeah they fucking hate each other I love it i don't I've, i don't think i've ever gotten into a fight on there thank god yeah. but i would go off yeah I and love they it would, because, i would make them wish they were never born and i know
1: a lot of them because i grew up in your town yeah, but I moved what like seven miles down the yeah. road, and yeah. I've never been like more relieved that I don't live there anymore. <laughs> that you don't have to be on the page. Reading all these, you know, posts.
0: And so. sometimes people are really helpful. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, right. The other day, somebody asked for fucking cherry pie filling, and someone oh. had it. Courtney Hammond had it. I'm like, <laughs> I wish I was half the woman that she is because I don't even. I've never bought cherry pie filling in my life, and I've never thought to make a pie in my life. Well, I'm not if a you woman do, like
1: that. Don't start with cherry because cherry pie is fucking nasty. It
0: really is, truly. But I just thought, like, I wish I was the type of girl <laughs> yeah. who, like, was like, oh, I'm going to make a pie today. But I'm just not. No. I can't be that kind of girl. Mm-mm. I wish I was. Props to you guys because you guys go around making pies and having cherry pie filling, and I don't have anything besides <laughs> box dinners. <laughs> My grandmother is the best baker I've ever known. She, yeah,
1: she makes me lemon squares because oh, she she's loves me.
0: The fucking best.
1: Your grandma. <laughs> She really does. <laughs> anyway, so let's reel it back in. Okay. The,
0: people have stopped listening. There's sure no one have. here anymore. If you're here, leave. Because <laughs> I don't know why you're here. Um, so so, if you're here, grab a beer. Bringing it back to the Facebook page. Yes. They Someone had posted that the Easter Bunny was coming to town. I was like, oh, that's cute that they're still doing it. Mm-hmm for people who were in town, he was going to ride around on the truck and throw candy like a parade. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, that's nice. You know, that they were still trying to do something for the kids and whatever. And I was like, "Um, whatever. I didn't even think anything of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. This was um, Easter morning. And they said that the bunny was going to be riding around town at, you know, whatever time, 10 or something. And the sirens were going to go off and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, whatever. And then I realized I was sitting out on the couch doing my work before the baby and Rory were up and i heard all these sirens so i look out the window and the easter bunny is like parading around the circle yeah and i froze i'm like i am the worst parent ever why because and i'll get to the point like of where i like collected myself but i was like i read that post and i didn't even remember i had a child (laughs) i it went out the window i was i just let you know how like when you're not a parent yeah, and you see shit like that, and you're like, "Oh, that's fucking stupid." Yeah, that's that was my thought. Mm-hmm. I don't. Why do I fucking care? I don't have a kid. And then, like, I, I just felt really bad for a minute that I didn't take her out there. But then I was like, "She's fucking three months old. She has no idea. No, her ass from a hole in the ground. No, <laughs> she
1: doesn't know the Easter. She probably bunny. can't even see that far yet. <laughs> probably not.
0: So I reeled myself back in, and I was like, "Okay, it's fine. Yeah, she does like I feel a little bit more yeah. upset about it if it was like a year from now, mm-hmm. and she like knew what a bunny was. No, she doesn't give a fuck. You know." But I was like, that what bothered me the most was the fact that I didn't remember I had a child. You know I read the fucking status. But
1: when the time comes, don't feel bad about that shit because we've colored Easter eggs maybe once. And Jack's 10. I've had yeah. 10 years. I don't enjoy it. It's a mess every time. <laughs> it fucking they smells. They really don't even care that much. I so if you guys don't, you don't have to do all this shit. Yeah. They don't go see the Easter Bunny. They have maybe a few times, but... yeah. They, they're scared of them. They won't go yeah. near them anyway. So yeah. why would I force that? They just don't care. And if they don't care, then you just don't do it. That's yeah. my that's I my agree. advice. I agree. I'm reading the book Rewrite the Stars by Charlie Rose.
0: I really like it. It's like definitely inspiring me.
1: Okay. Is it romance?
0: It is romance. Yeah. It is. It's really cool. It's you. I think you would like it. Maybe. I do. Probably.
1: I do think you would like it. It's a quick one too. Okay. I am watching... I hope to God you're going to watch Before the 90 Days. I'll try and do it. Oh, my God. You'll get sucked in.
0: That's really all I'm doing right now besides taking care of a baby and then doing all of those other things that I mentioned in the beginning You're doing so much.
1: I'm doing so much. I I'm don't doing know so much. Where you find, I don't know where you I find the time.
0: I don't know how I'm doing it.
1: I really. don't know either.
0: It's kind of crazy.
1: <laughs> if you want to see our sources for this episode and all the episodes, I guess, um, you can go to cruelinkmedia.com. If you want to email us, email us your fucking love stories. Yeah. Email us your ghost stories. I want them all. You can email us at cruelandunusualthepod at gmail.com. That's our Instagram, too, Cruel and the Pod. So just, I mean, just come on. Just do it. Just come find us. Our Facebook group is Cruel and the Group. So, yeah, come on. Let's go. Come to the group. Let's come go. Come to the group. What
0: are you fucking waiting for? Um, our Twitter that we never go on is at Cruel and We'll go on there if you fucking tweet us. If you tweet us, and maybe I'll tweet you back if I get the
1: notification. (laughs) Maybe I won't. All right. I'm going to pee my pants. So I love you. Bye. I love you.
0: Bye.